Hi everyone, this is Joe Waters and I want to welcome you to Cause Talk Radio. I'm here with my co-host, Megan Strand. Hey Megan. Hey Joe. How you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Excited for the show. Yeah, I know. We got so much to talk about. And we have a really special guest today, Jeff Livingston, who is an author and vice president at Razoo.com. Hey Jeff, how's it going today? Good. How are you doing, Joe? Hey, thanks for joining us. Hey, I have uh, you uh, obviously are an incredible in addition to being an author and a vice president and you're also an incredible fundraiser. And a little while back, I sat in on a Google Hangout with you and you were in drag. And true. I, just wanted to, That's I wanted true. to ask you. I but because because you did that, Megan, are you a Red Sox fan? I am a Sox fan. Sorry. Oh, you guys are going to get it today. <laughs> <laughs> but as part of a, as part of you know, John, uh, Jeff being the savvy fundraiser he is, Megan, he created all these great incentives for when people donated to him, and one of them was Jeff Livingston and drag. Of course, we had to start out the show about talking about Jeff Livingston and drag. I, I, That's right. I leave Absolutely. it to Joe to to, right. to start That's it right. off with a bang. Thank you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> no, so was, go ahead. Go Joe. ahead. No, that was fun. I mean, that was the Punish Jeff fundraiser. and Yes. Yeah. I feel like that was good in some ways because I didn't have as an authentic a tie uh, to homelessness as I would have liked. I mean, obviously, I believe greatly in Mark Horvath and yep. wanted to support him, but yeah, having ex- incredible stuff in California and all around the country. Absolutely. Yeah. So you like punish Jeff too. That's coming. That's yeah. Coming that's, so that, that was a lot of fun. So for, for now on, whenever I pitch you talking, Jeff, you'll be forever in stockings. And that's I'm not it. talking about the knee highs. Okay? I'm so sorry. Do you still have nightmares as a result? <laughs> thank goodness. Thank goodness. We're on radio today. Podcast today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Jeff, we're really excited to have you on today. And the reason we wanted to have you on is because um, you, the Razu Foundation and can Junction with the Case Foundation uh, recently released an interesting study: how giving contests can strengthen nonprofits in communities. And you know, I was hoping you could talk a little bit about this today because you know this is really interesting to me because if you've read my blog or you've heard me speak, I haven't been a big fan of online contests. But I have to say, Jeff, that after reading this report and the case studies you had, all of which occurred uh, right in the Washington D.C. area. This was a really impressive success for an online contest, and I think nonprofits got a lot out of it. Could you tell us a little bit about the report? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we built a giving day that occurred last uh, October. Uh, excuse me, last November here in Washington D.C., and we wanted to demonstrate uh, that these giving days could be a lot more than just uh, some some sort of a gimmick, which creates a lot of public relations or attention for whoever the organizer might be, whether that's a philanthropic organizer or for uh, a company, obviously. And uh, I think that's pretty much what we've seen. Um, but what we, we know is that done right, these contests can turn into win-wins. And so that's what we try to do, build a win-win, a win-win that A, created a capacity-building exercise for the nonprofit so they can fundraise a little better later on. Uh, B, create visibility for the for the sector in the Washington area. And I don't know how familiar you are with Washington, D.C., but we have a ton of national nonprofits here. Mm-hmm. And local yeah, the only nonprofits. thing I really know is that you guys have really bad sports teams. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's uh, where uh, players go to end their career for a lot of money. Uh, there you go, yeah. That's right. <laughs> 
Anybody want Jason Worth? Anybody? <laughs> uh, so, like, here we have these huge national nonprofits, and the local guys kind of get left in the dust a little bit. And then, uh, lastly, uh, we wanted to raise some money, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think uh, those three goals were all built into the DNA of the contest. So can you walk us through through the contest a little bit? So I read the report and essentially what's happening is within, from a consumer perspective, within a 24 hour period, um, obviously there's a lot of lead up to this, uh, this giving day, but within a 24 hour period, people are encouraged to give to the max and um, are being asked by various nonprofits to make donations is that's from a consumer perspective. However, in the lead up, there was all sorts of training for nonprofits that were participating. There's all sorts of marketing efforts that that were happening to um, promote giving to the Max Day for Greater Washington. Is that right? Kind of talk us through the logistics yes. and nuts and bolts of, of how that happened. So a lot of the work leading up to Give to the Max Day was A, uh, to build capacity building exercises for nonprofits, which included training conferences, webinars. We did some Google Hangouts, not a drag. Uh, We had a a whole bunch of stuff in a nonprofit toolkit for them to play with. So we built out a lot of uh, materials for them to rock and roll and do a great job with and uh, get ready, really. I mean, we even built out plans for them to like uh, literally have their own fundraiser. And, And we thought that this was really important for for a couple of reasons. One, uh, uh, I think a lot of nonprofits struggle with fundraising anyway. They struggle with telling a compelling story online. And so we, we felt that the actual giving day should be a moment of time where they, they have an opportunity to try some new things out and experiment. And maybe, hey, if you do a good job, you get some new donors, right? Absolutely. Jeff, did you feel like one of the things in reading the report for me is the training was such a critical piece of this program? And of course, that's the thing that's lacking so much in the corporate contest that you see is that nonprofits are just kind of thrown into these contests and they have to figure things out. And in some ways, that can be a good thing. But you did pr- provide uh, the nonprofits with some structure. Yeah. And, and you know what? I'll tell you what. When I looked at the results, the survey results, I think that that really paid off when you see that uh, nonprofits invested 10 to 30 hours generally on the marketing campaign. And those that did that raised a couple thousand dollars or more. And uh, when you only have to spend 10 hours to raise 2000 3000 4 $5,000 as a nonprofit, that's actually pretty good, especially yeah. for a small one. Absolutely. You know, yeah. yeah, and one of one of the things I thought was really interesting about this program too, Jeff, and something I emphasize with nonprofits all the time is, you know, take advantage of those umbrella events that a lot of nonprofits could participate in. And you know, the idea too is like mash your forces. And, you know, it's the same way in retail when we kind of do, you know, point of sale or purchase trigger donations. You know, the more locations, even if they're different retailers, the more successful the program will be. And it seemed to be the case with this, too, is this say, you're saying to them, look, we're going to create this umbrella on which under which all these good things t- can happen. But you need to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's the whole second arm of the giving day that nonprofits aren't aware that we're doing, which is going out and creating all this, uh, what I would call air cover, uh, mm-hmm. public relations and advertising to to heighten donor awareness. So they're more uh, willing to provide a donation and participate in the day. They're excited for it in some cases. Well, I think that's an important point, too, because in your report, the, the this report that you wrote, 
it seemed to point out that there was some paid advertising, but a lot of it was done by PR and by social media. So are there some lessons there? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, uh, and it's funny, I, I, I hear some criticism of the giving day. We always do. I mean, I think it's part and parcel of the nonprofit sector that you get some critique and some people said, well, Hey, uh, some of these nonprofits didn't get new donors mm-hmm. and that's because they emailed their lists, right? Mm-hmm. right. Did a, a traditional outreach, but they also didn't do more with that email. So mm-hmm. it's all about how you reach out to folks, folks that said, Hey, here are three things that you can do. You can, uh, you can donate, uh, you can tell your friends and you can update your social networks. They got a lot more play and they had many more new donors. And the reason why is because 60% of our donations came in through social networks and not, not from the nonprofits and us, but mm-hmm. more from donors telling other donors. It sounded like a lot of the donations, you were, you were, your goal was to go for a broader number of people. You weren't as concerned that they were making $5,000 donations. You wanted the $10 donors. Is that accurate? Yeah, absolutely. So it was a donor-centric con- uh, contest. If you look at the eight contests that raised more than $2 million last year, we were eighth. But if you looked at it from a donor perspective, we were third in the most amount of donors, and it was our inaugural contest. We're actually really proud of that. That's fantastic. Well, and it should be said to our listeners, too, because I I sort of had peripherally heard of these giving days, but I, until I read the report, I didn't realize that this is sort of a phenomenon that has happened around the United States. There have been, what did you say, eight of them so far, um, where different cities or regional locations will hold these 24-hour giving days. And so- I actually... I actually think we're going to see about 40 or 50 of them this year. Wow. Uh, okay. So um, these are really catching on. So Jeff, um, how does, how, you know, how do you, uh, how do you bring a given day to your city? How do you, question. you know, how, yeah. How do you make those things happen? What type of infrastructure do you need in place to, to make them happen? Because I don't think we've had one in Boston yet. Yeah. Although I do believe the Boston foundation is going to do one this year. Uh, Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So usually you need one of the three legs to do something. And I, the three legs are, uh, uh, a community foundation, uh, a nonprofit council in your area, or the United Way. Um, and that uh, tends to be the structure. One of those three hosts, uh, the, usually the United Way does it in partnership with somebody else because of their own um, differences with the amount of money that they raise and using Blue State Digital. But those are the platforms that are uh, that tend to be in place. And, and what that allows you to do is usually tap into some sort of a money resource mm-hmm. for funds. And then in addition to that, uh, provide outreach to the nonprofits in the area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that uh, you know, because I think that you know those things are, are critical. I mean, you know, that's a good thing in Boston because the Boston Foundation is a very com- you know capable community foundation here, and so they'll certainly be able to pull something like us. But uh, but I think these programs are really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jeff, are there is there moving forward? It sounds like you're going to be doing this again in the future because it was such a success. Is there room for corporate involvement in these sorts of giving days? Yeah, actually, I mean, that's uh, an area of focus for me is working with brands and uh, both on the large foundation and the corporate side to to develop giving days. And usually, as you know, that a brand has some sort of a uh, 
uh, a cause track that it supports, for example, economics or uh, women's rights, whatever it might be. Uh, so what you want to do is you want to create a giving day which rewards nonprofits that meet your criteria for the correct CSR message, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you pro provide $100,000 in prizes for nonprofits that support women. Mm -hmm. And you make it a, a day or a week, whatever you feel is most appropriate for your brand or your stores. And, and you go out there and you build it in that way and you provide different ways for your uh, customers to interact with these nonprofits and also for the nonprofits to interact with the customers. But I think that the, the big lesson I would take out of the report for those brands, in addition to believing that you could uh, do this for your, for your particular type of nonprofits is that try to build in some training for these folks. Mm. I, I think that's the real value for the nonprofits and they're going to do a better job. And as a result of that, your brand is going to be strengthened uh, from their communications. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And then isn't there, wouldn't there be an opportunity for a, a corporate partner to offer matching funds, for example, maybe within a sector as you've pointed out? Yeah, I mean, you could do matches and you can do awards. We actually use awards because uh, the gamification lever drives more dollars mm. per dollar put up. Yep. But some people want to create a win-win, right? Mm -hmm. So that no matter what, if you get $10, we're going to match $10. Yeah. Um, I just designed one for the Kellogg Foundation, actually, uh, Kellogg Foods, right, that uh, – uh, basically rewards 30 nonprofits for up to $20,000 in donations. So there's a straight up match and then everything after that, it's awarded contest structure. Yeah. I think that, I think that's really win-win because in addition to the gamification, which I think is really powerful, uh, you know, coming from the nonprofit world myself, I know that matching gifts are two words that really get nonprofits attention because they know how, lucrative it is uh to have something like that that's a really powerful incentive for people absolutely well absolutely we will definitely put a link to this uh report on into our show notes so it's a great report and i would highly recommend anybody that's interested in getting involved in a giving day read it so we'll make sure we put that in our show notes and since we started out the show talking about drag i wanted to finish out the show talking about the sports illustrated swimsuit issue mm -hmm. you do not want to see me in a string <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I know what I want my next fifty dollars to go to. <laughs> so, so I had actually written something up very briefly for our cause update service about a partnership that struck me as somewhat odd. It was um, the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and the Nature Conservancy had partnered in, in a sort of cause marketing effort. Um, essentially what it was, was the Guilt Group, which is an online sort of high-end uh, retailer, um, had offered to sell swim, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue swimsuits and donate the proceeds to the Nature Conservancy, Conservancy as well as tickets uh, to meet the swimsuit models and surfboards and all sorts of things related to the swimsuit issue. So what right. struck me as odd about this campaign was that I couldn't find anything about it on the Nature Conservancy site. And so I thought, well, that's interesting. I wonder what's behind that. Um, and so it turned out that philanthropy.com did a whole in-depth article and did a lot of research into this and it sounded like they had gone down this road with Sports Illustrated 
and they were trying to target a younger demographic at the Nature Conservancy, so it seemed like a good fit. Well, when the CEO found out about this partnership, he kind of tried to put the brakes on it to a little bit and found out that some of the board members and some of the women within the organization and some of their donors were not happy about this match. So I think what happened was they really tried to downplay it. Philanthropy.com has a very in-depth article about this, but I'm curious to know what you guys think about this. Is this is this a well, good partnership? Yeah, well, first uh, was of it all, handled I, well? Well, one thing I think is really interesting about this partnership is that we're really talking about an internal dispute within the Nature Conservancy because in talking with uh, the Chronicle Philanthropy, because I am quoted in the article that they did yesterday, there wasn't any blowback from supporters and donors mm-hmm. about this promotion. This was internal because strife. Because they didn't know about it. But, they didn't but, know yeah, about it. They didn't know about it. That's right. <laughs> they didn't know. Well, they, because the, well, you the know president what, but, knew they were going to get a bunch of grief for it. That, yeah. That's right. But even though since it's come out, though, a lot of the angst has actually come internally within the organization. And mm-hmm. never have I seen such an incredible example of one hand not talking to the other. You know what I mean? In the sense, like, because you had the CMO of of Nature Conservancy, you know, putting together this program and the president in the board know nothing about it. In my mind, that's what's truly inexcusable about this is yeah. that, you know, the lack of communication within the organization. And also the fact, too, that the fact that this is bubbled over from an internal mess to an external issue is something that's inexcusable too and shows the need for organizations to have a plan in place, a communications plan in place for dealing with stuff like this. Jeff, what do you think? Well, I think it actually demonstrates two problems. Um, Well, the first is the short-sightedness of the campaign, which, you know, basically we all know Sports Illustrated is uh, soft porn light, you know? I mean, it's like the Sports Illustrated's one opportunity to be Maxim a year, and uh, although certainly it predates Maxim. So, I mean, when your employee base is primarily women, when you're a, a nonprofit that tends to be liberal, and I think that's a pretty fair statement about the nature of conservancy. Uh, you're going to alienate people, and let's be brutally honest about their donor base. Yeah, they didn't email their donor base, and that was probably smart because how many of them are women? I would say if they're like any other nonprofit, that's two thirds of the marketplace, mm-hmm. and so that was just it. Just was a, a very poorly thought out initiative in that sense i mean and you can make the argument like hey we're trying to reach this new demographic which i think is the larger problem Mm -hmm. Uh, but you could use any other issue with sports illustrated to do that so i I just think that it wasn't really uh, well thought out in that sense now i would say from the they're trying to attract men uh age 20 to 35 as a new donor base i almost feel like the nature conservancy did make a good play from a, the standpoint of, hey, this is a media form that they tend to read, right? Well, and I, um, I, I think it could potentially, I mean, I understand that there are some major sensitivities, but there are some, you know, Sports Illustrated does go to these exotic beaches all over the world every year to shoot the swimsuit issue. And so from right. that regard, it sounded like Sports Illustrated approached the Nature Conservancy. From that regard, you can sort of see how they might want to give back in an environmental way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, but, in, in that sense, you can do that. That you, you got to show the local environment and the issues that are occurring there. Exactly. I mean, I, they have to go further. I mean, so it just didn't work. The other thing is I think the Nature Conservancy has a Diet Coke problem. 
and when I say Diet Coke, I mean Diet Coke wanted to penetrate the men's market as well, and they just could not do it. So what did they end up doing? They created Coke Zero. The Nature Conservancy is not a brand that appeals to young men. Mm. It does. Well, that's and, and a, that's the thing too, too, Jeff. Is that you know the one-off nature of this type of program in the sense like and and I was I told the reporter at, at Chronicle yesterday too. Look, I don't have a problem with when brands come in and they do transactional cause marketing with nonprofits. I mean, you know, there's a continuum in cause marketing, and on one end is transactional, and on one, on the other end is transformative. And you know, as long as a brand and a nonprofit are involved in a lot of different partnerships on that continuum, I. Don't don't really have a problem with this but to me this just seems like a one-off promotion and in that you know oh we're going to target men uh you know 18 to 35 by being in sports illustrated and it's like well you better have a bit bigger better and bigger plan than that well i think Absolutely. sports illustrated needs to call jeff livingston and joe waters and and get them on board Absolutely. with their next cause Absolutely. marketing program yeah <laughs> and, and 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 i want so to the red sox right are in that that's right that's right and jeff and i've already told sports illustrated that you and i will travel to whatever exotic location <laughs> that's so generous of you both to oversee the cause element of this program next year. there you go there you go well this has been a fantastic show both of you thank you so much for joining us today Jeff. And can you tell people where they can find you if they would like to learn more about you or Razu? Sure. Absolutely. Thanks, Megan. Uh, JeffLivingston.com for me. Uh, that has all my social network profiles on it. And uh, social.razu.com where you can also read a periodic post from Mr. Waters as well. Fantastic. Yep. I'm a weekly uh, blogger for Razu and very proud of my involvement with them. I think they're a wonderful organization. And of course, people can find me at selfishgiving.com, my blog. And uh, Megan, where can we find you? You can find me at causeupdate.com or at tweetcmf or at Megan Strand. And you can find Cause Talk Radio and all the other RashPixel.tv shows on iTunes. We do want you to subscribe to iTunes so you don't miss an episode. And you can also find us on Stitcher Smart, Smart Radio, the smarter way to listen to radio. You can find it in your app store or at stitcher.com. Thanks so much for joining us today, everyone. 